Okay, buckle up, guys. This is going to be a long one. Good morning. This is Chris Shoemaker, also known as Yehuda Ben Shomer, and you're listening to Coffee with Chris, the time of the day where we share a cup of coffee and share a bit of the Word of God. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday morning for a hot cup of coffee and a hot cup of the Word of God. Our double portion for this week is Matot and Maaseh, which means tribes and journeys and covers the span of Numbers chapter 30 uh, to to, uh, chapter 36. Our passage for today is... um, Uh, Numbers chapter 32 verses 1 through 19. So it's kind of a lengthy reading, but just hang in there. There's a good lesson involved. All right, it says, The sons of Reuben and Gad had very large herds and flocks, and they saw that the territory of Jazir and Gilead were ideal for livestock. So the sons of Reuben and Gad came and said to Moses and Eleazar the priest and the princes of the community, saying, Ataroth, Dibion, Jazir, uh, Nimrah, Heshbon, Elelah, uh, Sebum, Nebo, and beyond the territories that Adonai had conquered before the community of Israel are suitable for livestock, and your servants have livestock. Then they said, If we have found favor in your eyes, let this territory be given to your servants as a possession. Don't make us cross the Jordan. So God, the promised land was actually across the Jordan. They haven't crossed the Jordan yet to conquer the promised land. But Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh were pretty happy with uh, the area they just came through and conquered. They're like, man, this is just perfect for what we have. This might be an example of God's permissive will and God's perfect will. His perfect will was for them to cross the Jordan and to inherit uh, part of the land of the promised land across the Jordan. But the Lord said, you know what? I don't see a big deal in them, you know, having land on this side of the Jordan. It's well for them. It's in my permissive will. They've got a good heart. They've got good intentions. Um, so I'm going to give it to them. So, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see that there's an issue because Moses has uh, uh, some some questions. He sees some red flags that he addresses with Gad and Reuben. So it says in verse six, Moses replied to the sons of Gad and Reuben, should your countrymen go to war while you dwell here? Moses was under the assumption that they're just going to put down roots right then and there, that they had no intentions of crossing the Jordan to help their brothers uh, conquer the rest of the promised land and get their settlement, get their inheritance. But that's not that that wasn't uh, Gad and Reuben's intention. So verse seven, Moses continues, why do you dishearten the children of Israel from crossing into the land that the Lord has given them? He's like, look, if you stay here and and, and don't go over with them, that's going to be less troops for us to fight with. And they're going to be demoralized. They're like, oh, we can't do it with this many people. We need Gad and Reuben. And they're just going to give up. Verse 8, your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. And when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and viewed the land, but they discouraged the hearts of the children of Israel not to enter the land which Adonai had given him. And thus the 40-year wanderings in the wilderness, right? Verse 10, the anger of Adonai was aroused that day. He swore an oath saying, the men who came out of Egypt from 20 years old and up will not see the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for they have not followed after me with their whole heart, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenzite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they wholeheartedly followed after the Lord. The anger of Adonai burned against Israel, and he caused them to wander in the wilderness 40 years until all that generation doing evil and Adonai's sight was gone. Now look, here you stand in the place of your fathers as a brood of sinful men. Boy, Moses is getting harsh. I mean, he's jumping to conclusions, right? He's assuming the worst of Gad and Reuben. Now look, here you are standing in the place of your fathers as a brood of sinful men to add more to Adonai's great wrath against Israel. If you turn away from him, he will repeat again 
uh, leaving this people in the wilderness, and you will be the cause of the people's destruction. Then they, that is Reuben and Gad, came up to him and said, We will build sheepfolds for our livestock and cities for our children, but we're prepared to arm ourselves and go ahead of the children of Israel. In other words, we're going to be the shock troops. We're going to be the Marines. Until we have brought them into their place, our children will live in the cities fortified against the inhabitants of the land, and we will not return home until each one of the children of Israel have, has received their inheritance. Yet we will not inherit with them on the side beyond the Jordan, since our inheritance has come on the east side of the Jordan. All right, so basically, the gist of this devotional this morning is let's not jump to conclusions. Let's not assume the worst of people. When we hear or see something that looks bad or we don't totally get or don't understand or don't have the full picture, let's give our brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt and let's investigate thoroughly and ask the appropriate questions in order to get the other party's uh, full intentions. And that way we will maintain peace. We will not cause unnecessary um, um, divisions and strife and fightings if we don't jump to conclusions and give our brothers and sisters the benefit of the doubt. Guys, after all, you know, that's what you would want them to do for you, right? Guys, thanks so much for listening. Go out there and have a great day. Shalom and God bless.